This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hi there, welcome along to this podcast. And it was quite a night on the night shift when guitarist Kel joined us once again to discuss his top 10 favourite guitar solos. It was quite a dilemma for him to narrow it down to 10, let me tell you. But he came up with some absolute beauties. If you're a guitarist, you're going to just love this podcast. Enjoy and don't forget to join me on the show each and every weeknight, 8 through 10, here on Dubai I 103.8. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Welcome back to the show. Now, this next uh, little segment was kind of inspired by the fact that uh, I interviewed a master guitar maker. I was lucky enough to chat to uh, Nick Huber, who was in town last weekend um, to talk all things guitars and how they're made and how they start off as a piece of wood and suddenly become this shiny work of art. And uh, I thought, what can we do this week on the show regarding guitars because I know Kel my guitar player on the show would be coming in so I said Kel how about your top five or maybe even top ten classic guitar solos and I think it's had you <laughs> running chasing your tail this week I mean yeah. you know all these great guitar solos that are out there you know yeah. I mean how do you choose kind of ten of them oh it's it's so tough it could have been a hundred or a thousand so <laughs> <laughs> so I've kind of gone for some which people are know some which people might not maybe highlight a few guitarists that people may or may not know about but for, for kind of this list i've kind of gone with ones that like, i personally really really like and mm. it also shows a little bit of variety and i steered away from some of like the the real diehard guitar stuff like joe vi at uh, steve vi joe sanciani ingvay malmsteen which uh, i would have loved to have done but <laughs> um i mean what do you think makes a good guitar solo is it the number of notes that's in there or is it the feel is it the soul of the playing you know or is yeah. it a mixture of all of that really i i think it's the song and I think you can tell a guitar player uh, sometimes by how few notes he plays. Uh, Dave Gilmore is probably one of the greatest for that because he's not a fast, wiggly te- technical player. Mm-hmm. But his note selection, the feel he puts in is amazing. And I think another thing is the sign of a really good guitarist. You can literally hear him play one note and kind of go, ah, that's Carlos Santana. Yes. <laughs> that's Eric Clapton. Yes. That's Steve Vai. And that's a real kind of intrinsic thing with, with guitarists. So yeah, uh, I think you've arrived once you've got your own sound, haven't yeah. you? You know, you didn't, yeah. you didn't mention my favourite in George Benson. Uh, no, no, of course. There's another yeah. one who's got his very own sound. Yeah, they call it, uh, I think uh, comedians call it when they find their own voice, you know, because they, they find their own style. Yeah, George Benson... Exactly, especially within within the jazz realm. And this is, I think, how guitarists set themselves apart from others because mm-hmm. you can all play the same kind of stuff. And sometimes once you've learned a bit of technique, you can kind of play fast, which is impressive, and it, and it yeah. kind of looks good. Yeah. But really, it's a lot harder to play f- fewer notes because you have to think a little bit more and they've got to be the right notes. Yeah, exactly. Right then, we're going to get started. Um, first one that you've gone for is um, a guitar player that we've been lucky enough to chat to on this very radio station a couple of years ago. And uh, it really is a wonderful piece of music from the band Toto. Yeah, and this is a, this is an absolute classic, and I think one of Lukather's most known solos, which is which is the one from Rosanna. Uh, and there's two bits of this: is you've got the solo which actually happens during the song, which a lot of us know, uh, and especially guitarists. This is one of the things that you really try and learn because it's really kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. Heavily inspired by jazz, and a guitarist called Larry Colton. There's kind of a very jazzy run in it, which we'll try and get, and I haven't quite got it yet, but hopefully. So. <laughs> um, but there's a wonderful bit at the end, which is like this outro jazz. 
jam because they're as as we've discussed before on the show they're all uber session musicians we did thriller a couple of weeks ago which they pretty much played on everything yeah so when they was recording the song live they played this amazing outro jam and what lucather comes up on on that with is just absolutely stunning mm. let's hear first of all the the guitar solo in the middle of the tune <laughs> Yeah, so there's uh, Steve Lukather with, uh, you know, it's not too long a solo, but it no. certainly makes a statement, doesn't it? It really does, and it and it's just uh, shows the quality of the guy because he builds it and builds it and builds it. it has that lovely jazzy run, which is kind of he's tipped a nod at uh, Kid Charlemagne by Larry Carlton on that, and then it finishes and comes back in with those massive vocals that Toto have. It's just absolute perfection. And then at the end, he lets himself go a Wait. little bit. Yeah, so Steve, uh, Luke, uh, um, in the, the top ten when it comes to classic guitar solos. That uh, song, by the way, it won two Grammy Awards in 1983, Record of the Year and Arrangement, Instruments and Vocals of the Year. And it was inspired by a certain actress called Rosanna Arquette. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's um, number one on our list of great guitar solos. We can squeeze another one in uh, right now. And, uh, well, this time... Um, the absolute genius of uh, of Prince. Yeah, and I, I'm a huge Prince fan, and I think one of the things that's kind of a bit underrated about him is his actual guitar playing, because we all know he's genius as a songwriter and as a performer, but as an actual guitarist, he's incredible. And this uh, the, the the track we play a bit from came from Purple Rain. Everybody knows Purple Rain, and it's got that wonderful solo at the end, which was actually recorded live. The version that went was on the really? album. Yeah, 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 it was was taken. He did three nights at First Avenue in Minneapolis before all of that kind of happened. It, mm-hmm. was, it was taken from them. Um, and even that, like Let's Go Crazy, has got a, an incredible guitar solo right at the end of it as well. So he's, he's very rock-influenced. He's very influenced by Hendrix and Clapton and all of those kind of guys, and, and very much funk, which we know him for, but not so much as a rock guitarist. And and this is an unusual one, for, for I guess, for to, to kind of appear on a, a guitar solo list um this is track called when when doves cry and what was interesting about this i find one the intro is just crazy um and also this was his first number one and i think it's the only number one pop song that doesn't have a bass line and the the track doesn't have a bass line but that's the genius of prince's production he played all of the instruments and when they was working on this originally it did but for him it wasn't popping enough and he said just remove the bass line let's see how that goes it lets everything else breathe and he just does this wonderful it's kind of understated but it's like it's a very very rock guitar solo at the end and the run at the end is is really fast and really really tricky but um to me it really tips a nod to what an incredible guitarist as well as an artist but an actual incredible guitarist that prince was
Just a little snippet there of uh, When Doves Cry. Of course, um, one of the legendary gigs in Dubai that I, I missed uh, was was Prince um, performing yeah. um, up at the Madden out there, wasn't I, yeah, it? I, yeah, I was lucky enough to go to that. Did you get to that I gig? I got to that gig. Tell me about that gig. Oh. I've heard so many things saying it was an intimate kind of it was. gig and it was just a magical night. It, it really was. And it was a tiny, it was a tiny venue. Um, I've forgotten the name. They, they renamed Pasha that club. Or something yeah, like, that's yeah. right. It's Pasha. But his stage was massively extended, and it's quite a small place anyway. So it's very, very jammed in there. Uh, he had his kind of like his last band, which was Third Eye Girl. So it was the three girls as okay. his as his backing musicians, um, and it's just magical. And what was interesting because I'd seen it, I've seen him a couple of times, and I saw him at Abu Dhabi when when he played at Abu Dhabi at the F1 about 10, 12 years ago. But to see him that close up was incredible because you can see the interaction he has with the band the joy he has with him playing the playing's impeccable and just to be that close and I remember at the end I I actually got like a kind of like a a high five from him because he was queuing he maybe was that's queuing. why you're such a good guitarist well, <laughs> not quite as good as him but he was queuing to get to the lift because the lift takes you to the rooftop of the Madanact in that club yeah, and yeah. everything was sectioned off because he was so small and intimate he was kind of in the dressing room and as he came out I managed to kind of catch his eye and managed to kind of grab his hand a bit and then up he went. We got in the left straight afterwards, but he just disappeared. Really? <laughs> but yeah, it's just absolutely phenomenal. And to see him at such a close quarters is something I'll never forget. Just how talented do you think he, what he was? Not of his time. And I always said that he wouldn't truly be recognised until after he's passed. The way we talk about great composers, yeah. because, because of the impact and the centuries we've had to listen to their music and they're lauded within that. Prince really wasn't at the time. He was respected. But I think mm. since his passing, it's really come out how strong and how important as a musician he was. Because there was con- comparisons, wasn't there, with, with Michael Jackson, who was yeah. just having so many hits, yeah. you know, probably bigger hits than, than Prince was. Yeah. Um, so, you know, was he maybe kind of overshadowed a little bit with that? I think so. And I think also because he was a, a little bit of a an extroverted introvert, if that makes sense. He didn't yeah. do interviews, although Jackson didn't either. Um, but I think the thing with Prince, he was, he was completely self-taught. Like on his first album... That when he got signed, they wanted to put him in a studio with session musicians. He went, nope, I'm doing a lot. They brought in, in fact, I think they brought in Morris White from Earth, Wind & Fire to produce mm-hmm. it. And he went, nope, I'm doing it myself. <laughs> and this, and he was like 19 then. So I think that's what set him <laughs> apart is he played everything. He sung everything. Jackson had songwriters, although he wrote yeah. a lot of stuff himself. He was more of a dancer, I think, and a performer. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously with a bit how he got brought up within the Jacksons. But Prince was just a, a self-contained unit. The fact that he built his studio... In uh, in Minnesota, Paisley Park, so he could just concentrate on that. Everyone was thinking he was yeah. crazy. Yeah, everyone yeah, was thinking yeah. it was crazy. Why are you going to have a place there? It's like, well, that's where I live. That's what I do. But he was just one hundred percent music. I, I don't. We we saw Jacob Collier, um, mm. didn't we? When we yeah. uh, expo, he's another one, not of this earth, not of this time. And I think Prince very much was that. He right. he was so gifted beyond beyond belief. Uh, let's have a few facts on the electric guitar. A little bit of a history lesson. Yeah, so a bit of a potted history. It's kind of been kind of noted that it all started kind of in the late 20s when early ex- uh, kind of early experiments were to amplify the guitar sound because back then you used to have jazz in the big bands. So an acoustic guitar didn't really mm. rise above like all of the horns. So there's kind of early experiments with there. And then the first actual guitar uh, was, was made by a company called Rickenbacker who still produced guitars, nicknamed the Frying Pan. And this was a slide guitar. So, you know, like Hawaiian music. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, kind yeah. of slide. But it looked like a frying pan. 
Right. <laughs> so it's kind of so that kind of develops, and then as that came out, and then there was more experimentations. Then uh, the guitarist Les Paul he started coming up with ideas which came out to be the the mm. Gibson Les Paul, and so did Leo Fender. So that started with the Telecaster, and then the Stratocasters, and they really kind of became the main the main guitars. And I think that kind of prompted a change in music as well because this is when kind of rock and roll started coming in yeah because you had that amplified sound now guitars could be at the front because they had amplifiers they had electronics so you kind of had the rise of it through especially through the 50s with with the fender strat and the les paul and uh, in fact rock around the clock has got an incredible guitar solo in it as well you know the bill haley song yeah yeah the guitar solo in that is it's really fast fast picking it's really really cool and then out of that then i think they started experimenting a bit more with overdriven sound so in the 60s that's where you kind of got your cream your Eric clapton's your, your Jimi hendrix um like kinks and stones and all of those because then they was overdriving the amp turning it up mm-hmm. as loud as it can so it's getting that distorted sound in the 70s you kind of had a bit of evolution of effects pedals so if you think of almost like late 70s was a police and those kind of things so it developed into there and then in the 80s you had more of a kind of cleany 80s sound but there was a lot more experimentation going on and then kind of the 90s and into now you have kind of like amp modeling where you get these machines which can sound like any amp you can have thousands of effects on it really and if you um think of a guitarist like like you too as an example the edge is probably the greatest exponent in popular music of using effects to create an, an amazing scou- soundscape within pop music. So it all kind of goes back to uh, goes back to a frying pan back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> scrambled eggs and uh, we'll, we'll play a tune for you as well. Now, this one took me by surprise um, mm. when you uh, sent in this uh, particular tune. Uh, Mr. Big to be with you. Yeah, now, yeah, Mr. Big was kind of formed as a bit of a rock supergroup. Um, a guitarist called Paul Gilbert, who every guitarist will know, and he's very known for very fast picking rock music. Billy Sheehan, the bass player, who's played with uh, Steve Vai, Dave Lee Roth. Again, an absolute rock cl- uh, colossus. Uh, but I really like this song. It's an acoustic song, it's probably one of their biggest hits. And for me, what you were saying earlier on about what makes a good guitar solo. Yeah. So this is, for me, is probably the greatest example. It's an acoustic song. So this not only shows off their ability to write songs, because an acoustic really strips the music down. You know, you've got chords, melody. You haven't got anywhere. You can't hide behind <laughs> any effects, you know. Um, and the guitar solo in this is just, is, is just beautiful. And it shows how clever Paul Gilbert is. He was heavily influenced by the Beatles as well. So you can hear that within the songwriting. Their harmonies are amazing between the band. But the guitar solo, for someone who's like, can play a million notes a minute and he's known for that and he's known for a technique called string skipping. You know, he's he's technically possibly one of the best, well, without a doubt, one of the best guitarists, if not the best technical guitarist. But this is completely opposite and it's just such a beautiful song and solo. Mr. Big and uh, to be with you. Yeah, that's acoustic guitar mm. picking. Very nice sound. 
It's lovely. I mean, the the rest of the music on the albums is very rock orientated, but it's just the harmonies. But as I say, I think it's such a classy guitar solo. It really is. It plays to the melody, and I think that's the art of it. You don't play to kind of go look at me. I can do a million notes. He just drives the melody so gorgeously. You know, a couple of little techniquey things yeah, in there, yeah, yeah. but stunning. Uh, you've chosen some unusual ones. I, I <laughs> also, I must say, I was very surprised that there was no Van Halen in there. It was, yeah, <laughs> it's difficult to know which one to pick. Uh, I mean, the, the, everybody, all guitarists kind of cite Eruption as, as the main kind of, that was that was like a couple of minutes doing him on his own, yeah. which kind of made two-handed uh, tapping popular. Uh, I nearly put that in, but I was thinking, oh, it might be a bit too loud. Uh, too just sure. explain tapping for me, because I've heard that yeah. quite a few times. Is, is that you're playing and then he, his finger goes uh, up the right. fretboard? So, so the kind of finger that you normally strum with, you use those fingers as well as your other fingers to kind of tap on the fretboard. Hmm. So you tap on tap on the strings and it gives this like a dilly, 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 dilly sort of sound. Can you do that? I, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might be able to. Now, Extreme, um, another lovely uh, band, of course, Sadabirke, would more than words uh, but here's yeah. a great guitar solo very funky yeah so I've kind of done the opposite of what I've done with Mr Big here so I, <laughs> they were known for an acoustic song whereas they're a full out rock band this is cited again as one of the best guitar solos of the 90s Brian May kind of went this is possibly one of the best guitar solos I've heard and there's been a real good resurgence within Extreme they've just had a new album out uh, so Nuno's kind of back out at front in guitar world playing as good as he ever was he also plays in rihanna's band interesting enough Did so when rihanna tours yeah yeah he, he looks amazing as well but this is such a i mean they, they were kind of known for kind of like funk rock kind of style which which this song is but this guitar solo is just it just kind of face melting it starts very bluesy and then he does this kind of what's called string skipping kind of technique with tapping uh, which is which is fun to play it's very very difficult but it's just yeah it just Proper, proper amazing. Okay, so uh, Brian May rated that, did he? Yeah, yeah, he's, he kind of goes, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if Brian can't do it, um, tell me a bit more about the guitarist on that. No, no, no. No, no, Betancourt. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, Extreme, I think, is, is kind of a bit of an underrated band because not only are they incredible musicians, they're incredible singers as well. Yeah. So they became kind of massive within the 90s and also... They hooked up quite a lot with Brian May because there was a big Queen influence. And I think this happened through the vocals and he learned a lot from Queen. That was a big, big influence of him. So they had a couple of albums. Um Words, obviously a huge, huge hit. Mm-hmm. But such a beautiful song as well. That's that's the thing. It's it's the songwriting's there. Same as same similar to Mr. Big, to be fair. Um, and then they kind of went their own way doing stuff. And I think Nuno was always kind of there in the background. He looks like the absolute archetypal rock star as well. He looks amazing, long hair, really thin, <laughs> proper proper kind of rock moves. But it's been really nice that they've kind of sort of reformed again and they're sort of out playing they're playing with a, an amazing band called living color uh, who other guitarists will know all about um and it's really really good to see that but as i say got picked up by uh by rihanna to do to do kind of guitars on on her 
on her live work. Um, but he's always had this kind of groove to him. He's one of these players. He's a rock player, but he's got a real sense of groove and a real sense of funk behind him. So whenever he plays, he's just got this incredible feel. And as a rock guitarist, he's amazing. And that, that solo for me is just absolutely outstanding. Now, here's something that took me by surprise. As, <laughs> as I've mentioned, you you kept changing your mind. And th- oh, no, I can't leave that out. I can't leave this out. And th- then you sent me a, a message saying, don't look down, go west. <laughs> Right, go west, of course. Um, <laughs> 1980s uh, staple had a few hits: "The King of Wishful Thinking," "Don't Look Down," and several more. Um, tell me about the guitar in that. What's uh, what turned yeah. you on to that? Yeah, it's a, a guitarist um, who's no longer with us called Alan Murphy, and he doesn't get anywhere near as much props as he should do. And he was really formative to that kind of early 80s guitar sound he had a very distinctive style which you can hear on that which is kind of he uses a tremolo to kind of bend the notes up and down Mm -hmm. bit of a jazzy kind of element to it as well and interestingly enough on this so this was off their first album called go west and they had like incredible session musicians there's a bass player called pino paladino who played with everyone was on this um and he was really sighted so he's kind of got this which you can kind of hear in this background this beautiful kind of lead sound the way he scoops the notes around but also a very very beautiful clean clean sound as well so it's kind of like a lot of and a lot of the 80s session players were hugely influenced by him and i've heard lots of records it's like you're not alan murphy but i know exactly <laughs> what you're doing and then he went on to play with level 42 uh he was famously famously with kate bush played on uh, played with nick hayward so he unfortunately passed away in 1989 but he's marked as i say i wanted to put that in because it is just such a such a seminal solo for yeah, me yeah. and he doesn't get anywhere near as much credit as he should do but yeah incredible yeah. guitarist alright we're going to come back we've got a few more guitar solos to uh, just talk about um, another one I'm surprised that Cal didn't go for is of course Beat It by Michael Jackson and uh, certain Eddie Van Halen <laughs> but uh, we've got some more great stuff when we come back this is the Night Shift on Dubai Eye 103.8 the UAE's number one talk radio station Oh yeah, so many great guitar solos and such little time to play them all for you tonight. Uh, Slash is another one, of course. Of course, yeah, Sweet Child of Mine, yeah. what a guitar solo that is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely epic. Um, but um, we've got a couple more to uh, play, and um, also, a, I mean, if you, the ultimate guitar for you, if, you, if I gave you all my life savings and said go out and buy whichever guitar you want, Kel, what would you what would you buy? Oh, it's so tough. Um, I'd like a Steve Vai gem. That's that's one. Uh, Lenar Rogers' uh, signature guitar would be nice. Yeah. Um, in fact, a friend of mine, Ramsey, built me a guitar, which was really, really nice. It was a Telecaster, so it's more made for funk music. There is one that I'd like uh, probably built so it can play funk and rock music. Okay. So kind of a bit of a combo. But... Um, yeah, I'd probably actually I'd go for the Nile Rogers guitar. That'd be nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, coming up next, uh, another guitar solo this time around. Probably one of the most famous rock bands ever. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
there's a guitar solo with yeah. a lot of meat on it, right? Um, ACDC's back, back in black. Yeah. Um, I could not put this on now because I'd probably get stuff thrown at me walking around Dubai. <laughs> but it's just so good. It's so good. All of their stuff is so good. It's difficult to pick one in particular. And I think Angus Young has got is a real good example of playing what's right for the band and what's right for the song. You know, he's... I mean, he's, he can play some technical stuff, like Thunderstruck's quite whittly, the yeah, beginning yeah, of that. Yeah. But really, a lot of this stuff, it's his note choice. The attitude behind it, it just merges perfectly with the music. I mean, he wrote it with his brother, so there's obviously a kinship there. But these are the kind... Of, his solos, you get people sing. So, so when you play them, you'll get people that are, that are kind of they'll digging it, the and, and they'll, they'll sing the notes they'll along with you, you know. Is he the one with the school uniform? He's the one with the yeah. school uniform, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he obviously went to school for guitar. Now, another absolute uh, monster solo. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I mean, we were talking yeah. about you've arrived when you've got your own sound. And yeah. No two ways wow. about it. Brian May has got his own sound, whether it, well, yeah. it's made out of the sideboard or something, isn't his it? His guitar, yeah, the Red Special was kind of, he made it with his dad kind of back in the day, and it was taken off of um, bits of mantelpiece, but that mantelpiece was like 300-year-old wood. Um, and he's kind of like a bit of a scientist, you know, he's got a PhD in, ast- in astrology yeah, and yeah. all of this kind of stuff. So he built his own guitar. So he's got a real technical kind of knowledge of what he's doing, but also what he did with amps, he used a thing called a treble booster because he used his Vox AC30s, but they didn't have the brightness. So back in the 60s, there was this this little box called the treble booster, which gave it that. So when you hear his tone, especially on that, it kind of cuts through everything else because it's just like the kind of well of frequencies lie. And his style of playing, again, thats he's only got to play one note and you're like, right, that's Queen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, that, yeah, I, I, it, you know, it foxes me how, they've, how they're able to do that. And as yeah. you said earlier on, Carlos Santana is another yeah. great example, you know, just a couple of notes, Santana, you that's know, straight it. away. Yeah, and he always said, it's just like, you know, what's your approach to, to playing a guitar solo? And he said, I close my eyes, I look at the sky and just let it happen. And I think exactly. that's it. The personality comes out because you're not thinking, oh, what? No, all right, slack called. You're not thinking with your with your head. You're playing with your heart. And I think that's the art of it. Well, any true artist that comes out when when they do that, then you hear the personality. And that's mm. the thing with all of these guitarists that that we've played tonight and talking about. You can hear their personality because of that's what they do. You know, they've got the technical knowledge. They've got the toolkit. They know what tools they need to use. They just let it flow naturally, and it comes out so strong. Yeah, I bet you can do that, Kel. Uh, <laughs> and a few venues around town. Uh, here's here's another one. Um, not my favourite band, but I can appreciate what they do. And uh, Andy, we'll play this for you.
Okay, Cal, talk to me about uh, oh. this guitar player. Wow, where to start? I, I think he's the epitome of the right note, the right feel, the right note choice, the right tone, the right everything. No one can play like Dave Gilmore. Everyone can try. That's not a technique. I mean, it's uh, there's not lots of willy notes and technique on that, but to get that feel, he's just unreal. And he's the master at just the most beautiful nice beautiful bends kind of coming in just real emotive playing it kind of it's it's proper chills every time i hear this and yeah. I, lo I love playing it's one of my favorite ever songs to kind of play play live it's yeah you just get lost in it it's let's incredible. have a bit more of it pink floyd of course comfort comfortably numb Message coming in, Tom Morello. Oh, yeah, 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 of uh, Rage Against the Machine. Okay. Yeah, he kind of sort of reinvented guitar the way he plays. He uses a lot of effects, almost like DJ scratching. So, you know, like the, the DJ, wah, 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 that sort of stuff. He does that with his guitar. So famously of Rage Against the Machine, an audio slave. Absolute. Um, he took the guitar to a completely different place. Amazing wow. guitar player. Wow. Thanks for that message. Any more uh, g great guitar solos that you want to <laughs> talk about? How about this? We took a photograph with uh, one of your guitars a couple of weeks ago in the studio and I looked like I was kind of shredding and one of my keyboard playing friends said, I think all us keyboard players are frustrated guitarists. <laughs> you know, we all want to stand out from there. You can kind of do it with a guitar, but still yeah. a guitar is, is the one. Um, everybody wants to rule the world. Yeah, no, people probably wouldn't expect that on a, no, on a guitar list. But uh, again, this is one of my most favourite solos to, to play live and it's from a session player called Neil Taylor. Um, who just came up with it on the spot. He he was known for touring with Tears for Fears and then latterly with Robbie Williams. He was Robbie Williams' live guitarist forever. But I just think it's just such a great solo. Again, I've I've kind of tried to pick unusual ones, pop songs. This is real, really well known, but people won't necessarily know the guitar solo mm, that yeah, well. Yeah. But it's just, I think it's absolute perfection within, within that sort of song. Uh, I think my favourite of um, the loads that you sent to me, the reams <laughs> of papers of guitar solos that you sent, when I saw this one, I thought, yes, this is my fave. <laughs> I just adore that. Still got the blues for you, Gary Moore. One of the finest people to ever pick the instrument up. Um, around since the 70s. This really kind of broke in popular, this blues album he did, especially this particular song. The guitar that he played on it is, is known as Greeny. 
because uh, he bought it off of Peter Green from Fleetwood Mac oh, back in really? the day. Yeah, and Kirk Hammett out of Metallica now has it because uh, obviously Gary passed away uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. But he's playing on this is just phenomenal. He's really fiery, beautiful tone, straight from the heart. And if you've ever seen him live or see any clips of him, he's the epitome of like real emotional guitar playing. He plays proper proper from the heart well you know in thin lizzy as, as as we probably know back in the day that's how he started his career with thin lizzy and then came out and did his solo stuff and yeah this is just absolutely beautiful Uh, lots of messages coming in now. Uh, ones that we haven't spoke about, but I'm sure you can uh, give them an honourable mention. Uh, Mark Knopfler. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Of course, Dire Straits. Yeah, phenomenal. Um, I mean, Sultan's a Swing, uh, Romeo and Juliet, Telegraph Road. And he plays, he kind of plays fingerstyle guitar, um, Brothers in Arms, uh, that whole entire album. Again, just class. I think because he, he's a songwriter and a singer, he sits his guitar solos perfectly melodically right in the middle of them but yeah my gosh what a player mm. Stevie Ray Vaughan another oh, one coming in oh, I, could do, I could talk about Stevie Ray forever uh, again he was kind of one of the newer blues players but he really tipped a nod to the older guys like Albert King Freddie King all of those guys but blistering guitar uh, He's he had a real big deep tone a real big voice and yeah one of the finest bluesmen ever uh, another couple that you've put on here you uh, 2 of course and, uh, and The yeah. Edge yeah, as I, and it was interesting because they just did this thing at the Sphere in Vegas, which I'd encourage oh, yeah. anyone yeah. to see. Yeah, just like this whole 3D uh, kind of Sphere gig, which was amazing. But yeah, he's been the real kind of at the forefront of... He, he plays simple guitar. It's not technical, but the soundscapes he uses really, really makes a difference. And, you know, U2's a four piece, but when you hear them, it's just like, where's all that noise come from? It comes <laughs> <Noise>. from him. <laughs> yeah, as you say, you know, simple lines, um, nothing yeah. too flashy, but... No, boy. very understated, and that's what he likes playing. He likes playing very understated, like With or Without You, is a very simple, almost chords, and that's one of his favourites. He said, I just love the simplicity of it. That's what I go for every single time. So there we are, wrapping it up. Uh, some amazing guitar solos that we've heard. I've certainly learnt a lot uh, from Kel, especially about frying pans and uh, doing some <laughs> scrambled eggs in there. Kel, absolutely brilliant uh, slot on, on guitars, and thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, my pleasure. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.